welcome to Trade for Peace, brought to you by the WTO's Trade for Peace program. I am Axel Addy, former chief negotiator of Liberia's accession to the WTO and founding member of the Trade for Peace program. Trade for Peace is a 30-minute podcast in conversation with Trade for Peace champions, the global policymakers, entrepreneurs, and innovators committed to promoting trade as a key ingredient for lasting peace. Join us in our bi-monthly podcast as we discuss how trade is contributing to sustainable peace in fragile and conflict-affected countries. Welcome to Trade for Peace. In today's episode, we are honored to have two members of the Trade for Peace Network who are also Trade for Peace champions from the Balkans, Dr. Igor Lucic and Ms. Zorica Marijocevic. Igor is a politician who served as the fourth prime minister of Montenegro. He also held positions as the finance and foreign affairs minister and deputy prime minister. Presently, he is a director at PwC where he handles public sector activities in Southeast Europe. He is also expected to assume the position of the secretary general of the Regional Cooperation Council as of the 1st of January, 2022. Zorica, was until recently the head of the permanent mission of Montenegro to the WTO. She has held various leadership positions, including Deputy Minister of Foreign Affairs, the Chief Policy Advisor to the Prime Minister, and a Special Envoy of the Prime Minister and President to the US. She is now a Senior Peace Fellow and an Advisory Board Member at the Public International Law Policy Group, a Washington-based nonprofit organization providing support to democratic systems in post-conflict areas. Igor, Zoritsa, welcome to Trade for Peace. Thank you. On my behalf, thank you so much for this very kind invitation. I'm excited to take part in this podcast. It's really great opportunity and looking forward to our conversation. Thank you, Axel. Good to be part of the WTO Trade for Peace podcast. Greetings from Washington, D.C. It's an honor and congratulations to you, Igor, on your new role. I would like us to start our conversation today on what I often ask all of our guests. And I would like to start with you, Igor. What does trade for peace mean to you? I think historically, trade has always been an incredibly important component of the development of human civilization. And it's not only about trading goods or services, it's also about sharing knowledge and innovation. And I think that is where the biggest added value of trade actually lies. But however, trade has not always been probably the best contributor to peace. Because we've seen a lot of throughout history, a lot of examples, even bad examples like the search for resources or colonization and, and some other aspects which were motivated by, by trade. And unfortunately, trade as the concept has been stigmatized throughout the history. But I believe that in recent decades, trade has really becoming very important element of the peace efforts. And especially with the UN 2030 Agenda and Sustainable Development goals where I believe trade and WTO as the umbrella organization that supports and promotes trade actually plays a very, very important role. So altogether, I, I believe that we have evolved into the situation where trade really is not only compatible, but major contributor to peace. Thank you, Igor. And now over to you, Zoritza. Thank you, Axel. When I think of trade for peace, I think of the European Union, which is the most successful peace project in the history of the nations. With the free trade and single market as its foundation, 
that helps promote peace by binding nations together. The European Union explicitly declared that it promotes peace, stability, and economic development in the post-conflict Western Balkans and opens up European Union integration for this region. I also think about the WTO mission in promoting peace with 164 member states under one roof of an internationally integrated market that keeps the peace by promoting commercial relations. There is no doubt that the rule-based multilateral trade system has already provided an enabling environment to foster unprecedented economic prosperity and poverty reduction in the world. The expansion of trade is an essential foundation for economic stability that makes peace more possible. Championing the idea of trade for peace reinforces the backbone of the multilateral trading system and boosts the relevance of the WTO. I also think about trade for peace in the context of the COVID-19 crisis that have shown that fragility takes many forms and is spread across the regions, affecting the supply chain and well-being of the entire world population. So, yes, trade for peace matters for all. Thank you, Zaritza. Igor, you're known as a strong pro-business reformist. When you took over as prime minister in 2010, just four years from Montenegro seceding from the State Union of Serbia and Montenegro, you faced a double challenge, modernizing the society while implementing reforms and maintaining the political stability. Based on this experience, how do you see the role of trade integration and openness in maintaining peace and stability? Well, thank you for that question. I, I believe that that aspect is really incredibly important and very much applicable to the Balkans region. Uh, as you know, unfortunately, the socialist Yugoslavia could not transform itself. It unfortunately crushed under the surge of nationalism during the 80s. And despite all the efforts to economically reform the country, to introduce liberalizing measures, uh, uh, privatization, and opening then country to the world's uh, trade uh, mechanisms, it was still impossible to keep nationalism at bay. And, and unfortunately, Yugoslavia was crushed. And then most of the 90s, Montenegro spent as part of the new Yugoslav uh, incarnation, which was called Federal Republic of Yugoslavia. Unfortunately, in, in a very inconvenient situation, especially during uh, the, the first part of the 90s when Yugoslavia was put under international sanctions. Then, uh, thanks to the change of the political course of the leadership in Montenegro in the second part of the 90s, Montenegro started to kind of uh, walk its own way to uh, distinguish itself from uh, the wrong uh, uh, policy approach promoted by the then Belgrade. And uh, it was actually then that Montenegro started to spread out and uh, speak its own voice by, among other things, setting up trade missions. And actually, it was Zorica who led uh, one of our first efforts in that sense by taking over uh, Montenegrin trade mission in, in Washington, which was really very important channel of communication back then. So uh, as we mentioned trade missions, which also played a uh, part of, of the diplomatic or significant part of the diplomatic role, it was not only about politics, it was also about economy, and it was also about uh, making sure that Montenegro is able to open up and uh, assume back its economic sovereignty. So it is very important when you look at the process of uh, reachieving Montenegro independence to actually look at 
how step by step we managed to 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 take back economic sovereignty and it started with trade it started with uh, a new approach to the customs policy it started with uh, introducing German mark, uh, which later on switched to euro as our uh, monetary uh, tender. And then it continued with other structural reforms. Actually, we realized that as a small country, we had to be open, transparent, uh, open to investments, open to uh, foreign direct investments, open to uh, the trade regime. And that helped enormously later on when uh, we started talks with uh, about joining uh, World Trade Organization. So it was uh, let's say, accumulation of, of different policy changes and approaches that helped me and governments after achieving independence to be relatively quick in uh, meeting uh, uh, requirements when it comes to WTO accession process or making sure that step by step we we also approach EU, EU membership. So I think uh, looking at things from the economic perspective can really explain a lot. At the same time, it definitely is a, a major contributing factor to uh, the growth and, and, and development of the Montenegrin economy, which, don't forget, was the poorest constituent republic, so, republic of the socialist Yugoslavia. But in the meantime, we managed. And right now, we are still, of course, not there yet, but uh, compared to where we were like 15 or 20 years ago, in the meantime, significant uh, economic prosperity and development has been achieved. And that's obviously uh, thanks to, uh, among other things, thanks to our uh, commitment to, to uh, open trade flows. Thank you, Igor. And I'm sure much of that credit also goes to leadership and Montenegrin like yourselves who've uh, championed reforms to take the country in the right direction. Uh, over to you, Zoritza. You've touched upon the nexus between peace and trade and that you've identified in your career. I would like you to elaborate a little bit more from the perspective of, of having worked as a representative of Montenegro, both in the UN Human Rights Council and in the WTO. Well, working on both sides of Geneva's diplomatic ecosystem in such huge organizations, UN and WTO, I realized that I needed to find my niche and niche meaningful for my country and the organizations. My work was primarily focused on gender issues, transitional justice and accountability, peace negotiations, advancement of Montenegro's membership into WTO, and support for the post-conflict countries' integration into international trade. Working simultaneously on all these issues, it became apparent to me that they are deeply interconnected. It also became clear that unlike the UN, WTO does not explicitly mention peace in its founding document, and the WTO is not part of the peace toolbox when peace and post-conflict economic recovery are negotiated. Yet, trade and economic prosperity, trade and sustainable peace, trade and foreign policy, trade and wars have always been intertwined. So I wonder, was this paradigm lost? And what was the WTO's mission in promoting peace? Then the initiative Trade for Peace was launched at the WTO 11th Ministerial Conference in Buenos Aires in 2017 by G7+, composed of recently acceded fragile and conflict-affected states and several conflict-affected acceding countries, namely Afghanistan, Liberia and Yemen, Comoros, Sao Paulo, and Principe, South Sudan, and Timor-Leste. 
intending to use WTO accession process as a pathway to economic growth and development. It was apparent that these impoverished, war-torn countries were sending a strong signal to the membership that we at the WTO need to reinforce trade for peace connection in the spirit of the multilateral trade system established a general agreement on tariffs and trade after World War II in 1947. I immediately recognized the chance to bring the Balkan post-conflict story into the equation and consequently to bring into Montenegro's representation to WTO strong support for the process of accession. Championing uh, the WTO as a peacemaking and peacekeeping force in trade and economic recovery became part of my diplomatic message and later my strong affiliation to the Trade for Peace initiative. And the fact that Sudan and South Sudan and most countries from the Horn of Africa are countries in accession to WTO made my previous experience working with those countries particularly valuable. No, absolutely. It must be interesting sharing the Balkan story with uh, Sudan and, and South Sudan. And we would like to touch on that a little bit later. Thank you, Soritza. Now, over to you, Igor. Montenegro is a Balkan success story. And a lot of that uh, happened under your watch. You know, as Montenegro's EU accession started under your watch, it concluded its WTO accession under your watch. And oftentimes, a lot of the citizens in a lot of fragile and conflict-affected countries want to know what does it mean? What is the impact is going to have? What is WTO going to do for the country? How is it going to transform the country? I would like you to tell us a little bit about some of the processes and link that to how that has transformed the country and, and it maintains and created an environment of peace and stability. What benefits were expected and are some of those benefits being translated into action in terms of transforming the country? Well, thank you. It was an interesting uh, coincidence that basically we completed the WTO accession process pretty much around the same time we started EU accession talks, which uh, is probably also symbolically important because I think to some extent, although I don't think that there was any formal precondition or whatever, but whatsoever, but it was really very important to, to join WTO before starting EU accession talks, because it also spoke about our readiness to assume liabilities that stem from the EU accession process of, and future membership. And despite the fact that we indeed opened uh, accession talks with EU back in 2012, we're still on the road and uh, it is not so clear when that process will be completed. But back then, I remember uh, some of the final meetings, including the meeting with Pascal Lamy, who was director general back then, and the ceremony and so on. And I think just the other day, we were reminded by a LinkedIn post by uh, you guys from WTO about Montenegro, that there was a kind of uh, anniversary of, of Montenegro joining WTO, and it was really great to see that. I think our story was very interesting, and uh, it involved uh, not only our commitment to the process, in terms of understanding what are the liabilities we need to assume. It also involved diplomatic skills. The process went uh, quite smoothly until some point when we had to deal with some bilateral issues with some of the member states. And, and at some point, we got stuck with, with, with some of them. It was 
particularly important to resolve some of the issues we had with Ukraine. So we managed, eventually we managed, and we also signed bilateral trade, trade arrangement with them, and the path to the full membership was clear. But I think what the whole process teaches us, or taught us back then, is there are a lot of different benefits you, you get from, from uh, uh, the membership. And it's not only about being part of this network. And uh, later on, when, when Zorica was our first ambassador to, to WTO and executed her role really in a fantastic way, obviously, we were able to kind of punch uh, above our specific weight. I mean, we are a small country. We're not that much of a, of a contributor to, to the world or European trade. But I think our approach, our commitment to, to open trade, our, our commitment to... Uh, the openness, which is not only in terms of visible or non-visible barriers to trade, but actually the, the, the discourse that you share by doing that is really critical and important, especially when you come from a Balkan country. And unfortunately, English world has become richer with one word which comes from Balkan, and they use Balkanization. They talk about chopping one thing into many pieces. Unfortunately, that is our contribution to the English language. So I think making sure that you are able to assume liabilities, making sure that you are able to talk to other people around the table, making sure that you are able to build your capacities to handle difficult things and tasks actually enables regional cooperation, enables innovation into the process, and so on and so on. And eventually, all that together brings the whole system to the, to the next level. And th that is why this whole process was, was really, really very important. Of course, later on, being a member state of the WTO, you are already, to some extent, ready to assume trade talks with EU. And then I don't think, uh, all, despite the fact that probably talks are not yet preliminary closed in terms of that accession process, but I'm pretty sure it will be easily achieved once uh, everything else, else is ready. And I, I think uh, uh, experience with, with WTO has helped a lot uh, build uh, capacities in the administration and definitely being able to uh, continue developing capacities to our representation in the WTO is uh, incredibly important as for a small country that, uh, and we are not that rich in administrative capacities, developing one or two people or even a group of them who are able to understand and pass that knowledge elsewhere is really, really essential. Absolutely inspiring. I'm sure our listeners, particularly a lot of those listeners that are living in countries that are working in governments that are currently going through the accession process are listening keenly. And I think one thing that is very clear between uh, your response and Zoritza's response is the clear political commitment from the top down to move that process forward, which is a, it's an essential ingredient to WTO accessions. Now, over to you. I would like to ask the same question. Zoritza, uh, you've worked from the technical side to the political side <laughs> to the diplomatic uh, side. I would like you to elaborate on the actual benefits that you've seen the membership bring uh, for the, when Montenegro joined the WTO and where it's come so far. Well, great question. Thank you very much for that question. Um, looking back on the past quarter century of WTO, one of its most outstanding achievements is expanding WTO membership, expanding international trade, and the continued stream of applications from countries seeking to join the WTO. 
as one of the WTO officials recently stated, the story of WTO accessions has been a story of transformation. This is also uh, the case with Montenegro and Igor elaborated, you know, our path to the full membership and his leadership position in bringing Montenegro to these multilateral organizations is uh, priceless. A country of small market with limited resources, accession to the WTO from 2005 to 2012 had transformed its international economic relations, domestic economic policies, instruments improved the business environment. Montenegro became one of the top uh, foreign direct investment destinations in Europe and the front runner among the Western Balkan countries to join the European Union. As recently a seeding member, Montenegro has reaped many of the general benefits of the membership. Igor uh, touched upon uh, some of those. First, what WTO membership brings by integration into the global economy seat in the club of 164 countries, equal participation and the decision-making process and current negotiations, building partnership and alliances with other members. Second, WTO accession enhances the benefits of new bilateral and regional agreements and that reinforce overall regional security. Third, to put it simple, WTO trade rules make life easier for all. Freer trade cuts the cost of living, it provides more choices of products and quality, stimulates economic growth and access to diverse markets. The system encourages good governance, and indeed the government's transparency increased through the membership of Montenegro into the government procurement agreement and the trade facilitation agreement. Montenegro has narrowed the digital gap since its membership into WTO, being the first country to embrace the WTO Second Information Technology Agreement, and also Montenegro's World uh, Bank doing the business score consistently improved since its membership into WTO, and Igor as a prime minister was leading actually opening of the market and uh, improving the business environment. Finally, with the robust WTO technical support, Montenegro has built, as already mentioned, administrative experts' capacity vital for its current negotiations with European Union and has advanced its partnership with other member states in working closely together in many trade on many trade issues. Finally, I want to just emphasize that sometimes we uh, forget that the accession to the WTO and later membership with expertise and capacity building acquired during that time, brought Montenegro to the forefront of the European Union accession process. And altogether for me and for the country, it's been a learning and rewarding process. Thank you, Zaritza. Very detailed list of achievements. I think that is also what our, some of our listeners uh, need to hear, that you know, some of this takes time, but this series of reforms do lead to economic transformation over time. You are listening to Trade for Peace, brought to you by the WTO's Trade for Peace program. We will be right back after a short break. Welcome back. 
Now, over to you, Igor. On several occasions, you've referred to the Balkans as the region that is trying to connect. How do you see the role of trade in these broader regional efforts? Yeah, I think it's actually the key to make sure that regional cooperation is 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 fruitful. You know, going back, uh, let's say, fifteen or twenty years ago, and uh, uh, Balkan region was was so disconnected, and and the political relationships, political situation was was very tough. I can't say that today we have managed to put aside all sorts of Balkan type of bickering, which from time to time comes back. But I think we have managed to to grow more mature in some other aspects. And when countries are member states of the organizations like WTO or or countries are on their way to join EU, some of the countries are member states of NATO, it actually teaches us the rules-based approach to resolving problems. And uh, one of the achievements to which I'm really proud, now being uh, I I was performing the role of the foreign minister, is that we managed to launch uh, the initiative which was called Western Balkan 6. It was back in 2013, and it was exactly based on um, a further uh, contribution of the countries in the region to uh, development of the, of the infrastructure, further improvement of uh, the trade in the region, and also rules-based uh, cooperation. Back in 2013, I remember spending a lot of meetings and uh, also plenty of interviews explaining what that whole initiative was not about, uh, because it was controversial in terms that many people started claiming that, well, we don't want to see old Yugoslavia back uh, and stuff like that. So, So instead of looking at what the benefits and the upsides of such integration are, people went into totally different, different uh, direction. But, but thanks to, to uh, the commitment of the European Commission, thanks to the support of the European Commission, which understood immediately what the whole thing was about, it started to develop little by little. And Western Balkan 6 uh, later was uh, to become part of the Berlin process, the process which was sponsored in a way by Germany and some other major EU member states towards the future development and integration of the Western Balkans into the EU. But I'm, I'm telling this because... We began with uh, trade improvement in the region. And one of the ideas which we launched back then was, for example, agreement among the countries in the region to abolish roaming tariffs on the cell phone, uh, the use of cell phones, which actually will come to reality as of the 1st of July this year. So in two months' time, and now everybody promotes that as big achievement, <laughs> but <laughs> that's fine. Uh, but in two months' time, um, uh, ordinary people traveling around the countries in the region, like Serbia, Bosnia-Herzegovina, North Macedonia, and so on, will actually be able to use their phones and not pay any roaming charges. It's very important and, and nice example how it, how it can be. But, I mean, besides that, under the kind of also guidance of the European Union and European Commission, we managed... Uh, countries in the region to uh, first approve in principle and then develop action plan to turn this region into common market, which is also very important as a kind of a stepping stone or a springboard to uh, assuming liabilities from the future European membership, while at the same time quickening up the process of achieving uh, or meeting benchmarks when it comes to the European integration process. So I'm saying all this because 
in the core of all this is actually trade and the search for mechanisms and tools how to interconnect people better because the more interconnectedness the more trade and the more the more prosperity and that goes i, I believe uh, without saying at least probably to us and the people who listen to us in this podcast but it's not so straightforward with everyone and you need to keep repeating that message that's very important it is very important a big congratulations on on the the roaming within the region i think that's very very important particularly for e-commerce and you know smes are most affected uh by technology and the ease of access to uh, technology when it comes to e-commerce activities. So Ritsa, I would like to now turn to you uh, to talk about the regional efforts in the context of peace. Bosnia, Herzegovina and uh, Serbia are not yet members of the EU nor the WTO. What would their accessions mean for Montenegro and the region? Well, Thank you very much for that question. Uh, just to follow up on Igor's uh, comments, it took a pandemic of global proportion for SEPTA, which is Central European Free Trade Agreement, uh, six plus Balkan countries, to agree on opening of the Green Corridor, the cargo lines for expediting and simplified borders procedures for transportation of the basic food and medical supply for the region in 2020. So it takes time. A recent OECD study analyzed non-tariff barriers affecting the SEPTA region and found that when uh, exporting within the SEPTA region, the most significant obstacles are related to customs procedures and different sanitary certificates. Therefore, it appears that administrative trade barriers impede better commercial ties and negatively impact intra-regional trade. In the other recent study, the IMF found that the authorities could improve cross-border coordination and reach the average European Union standard, if they do that, it will save more than 800 million euros annually, about 1% of the region's gross domestic product. Although the SEPTA region has recently embarked on the ambitious task of eliminating administrative trade barriers, one crucial challenge moving forward was that half of the SEPTA parties are not WTO members, so the trade facilitation agreement is not directly applicable to them. How this translates into overall regional stability? Well, it doesn't take long for old wounds to reopen in the Balkans. Look at uh, 2015, do you, during the refugee crisis, when after Hungary sealed its border, Croatia and Serbia closed their border crossings, introducing the ban on each other's goods and cargo traffic with significant financial ramifications. It was estimated that the bans were costing both countries about 1.1 million euro a day. In 2017, Croatia expanded the list of agricultural goods from non-European Union countries that undergo a special phytosanitary checks at the border and set new fees for exporters, including Western Balkan countries, 22 times more expensive than the previous ones. After a brief dispute, the problem was resolved, of course, with the mediation of the European Union. Croatia suspended that decision. Finally, the trade war between Serbia and Kosovo with various non-tariff barriers, constant tensions and bilateral disputes and other anxieties that are holding them back and impede their accession to the European Union. Many observers say that without a regional security umbrella, 
multilateral legal and political authority, the countries will continue to lack the trust to integrate more deeply. Membership to WTO, I think, would uh, help deal effectively with some current challenges in our region. It's not answer to all our problems, but it would help. As it first brings together several treaties under the roof, creates an environment of low tariffs for its member states and maintains them stable over a long time. And second, WTO brings for all its member states a comprehensive trade facilitation agreement, eliminating administrative barriers to trade and standardization, simplification and harmonization of the custom procedures. WTO will also help create a regulatory framework to boost the private sector competitiveness and act as a kind of positive equalizer towards each country's different phase of accession to the European Union. This seems even more critical in the time of pandemic, when countries are nearshoring and companies are transferring work to the less expensive and geographically closer markets. One thing is for sure, membership of Bosnia-Herzegovina and Serbia to WTO will finally bring the whole region and its businesses under one roof. I have no doubt that would empower our regional cooperation, build mutual trust and advance access uh, to, to the European Union and other benefits of the multilateral organization. Besides, membership uh, into WTO is now precondition to the full membership into European Union for Bosnia, Herzegovina and Serbia. I also believe that Bosnia and Herzegovina is ready to move towards finalizing accession by the 12 ministerial conference in December this year, and that Serbia needs to reinforce its efforts to join WTO sooner rather than later. It's been quite an insightful uh, discussion. I want to thank both of you for taking the time to join us today on Trade for Peace. I always end our podcast uh, with the last question. So uh, I would like to start with you, Saritza. In one word, what does trade for peace mean to you and why? It is a pathway towards uh, uh, prosperity, towards um, reconciliation, towards engaging and empowering women and youth. Uh, so it's a pathway. It's not just a slogan. It's really a pathway towards resilience. Thank you, Zarissa. And uh, over to you, Igor. In one word, I would pick uh, sustainability because that's the challenge we are all faced with. I think uh, we all should try to work to contribute to the sustainable development of our world and uh, sustainable development agenda and the climate action and uh, everything that goes along with it is actually going to definitely define the future of the coming generations. And as long as we realize that uh, trade has important role to play, and again, going back to the beginning of, of our discussion, interconnectedness, the more interconnectedness, the more sharing of knowledge and, and innovation, that's the way to make our life on this planet sustainable, in my view. And that is Igor and Zoritsa. Two Trade for Peace champions from the Balkans. And you heard it on Trade for Peace. 
the key words here today is uh, pathway and sustainability, key ingredients to driving trade for peace. Thank you both for your work as trade for peace champions. And thanks to our listener for tuning in to episode six, a story from the Balkans. I am your host, Axel Addy. You have been listening to Trade for Peace, brought to you by the WTO's Trade for Peace program. Subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts. For more episodes, visit us at www.tradeforpeace.podbean.com. Be sure to tune in every other week for new episodes. Thanks for listening to Trade for Peace. Trade for Peace.